My name's Teresa. I'm an alcoholic. Grateful to be here. Grateful to be sober because of a loving God. Thank you so much for allowing me to participate in my recovery and to join your meeting. And to share on the steps to the best of my ability. As I understand it today, I always tell folks I'm continuously growing and learning. So check back with me next week. I know it may sound profound this week. <laughs> but next week, I'll be like, it no longer applies. <laughs> I've discovered something else about that. <laughs> I know it sounded deep last week, but <laughs> I found out that I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> That's just been my experience. So I'm not so fixed, but I hope that the, you know, if there's anything that's congruent about what I'm sharing is that I remain honest, open-minded, and willing, and that I'm just having an experience. Good to see you all. See some familiar faces. Is that Angela? Hey, Angela. Oh, so <laughs> from out in Canada. And some friends in the house. My sponsor's in the house, keeping me honest. <laughs> Look at him looking at me. What you going to talk about? Okay. I want to welcome our new friends. Welcome home. I'm glad you're here. Please keep coming back. And old timers, thank you for my life and my sobriety. My sobriety date is March 29, 1990. So, but for the grace of God, good sponsorship, fellowship, Alcoholics Anonymous, all together, it takes a village. I've been uh, honored to be here for the last 30 days and have done to the best of my ability to practice these principles in all my affairs. So here we are in uh, step two. I want to read something in the chapter to the agnostics, which would kind of set the tone of my understanding of this step. And in the very beginning, it says, in the preceding chapters, we have learned something of alcoholism. We hope that we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. This paragraph sets the tone of what I'll be doing moving forward with the remaining steps. So they spent a lot of time talking about alcoholism. Because somehow it's the most difficult thing for me to get clear understanding that I'm an alcoholic. I even like how in the chapter they'd be like, there's a solution. And it's like, no, wait a minute. Let's go back to really understanding whether you're an alcoholic or not. And so by now, if I'm in this place where I say, if I honestly want to, I can't stop. And then when I do, I can't do anything about it. So I'm in this place where I'm like, uncle, uncle, uncle. I believe that I am I've come to understand that I'm completely powerless over this thing called alcoholism. No matter how hard I try, no matter what it is that I've done, no matter how many straws I've drawn, how many chips I've had in the game, every effort that I've made, it appears as though with all my intelligence, with all my knowledge, with all my resume with all my relation, with all my wanting, praying, omitting, uh, praying on a Bible, everything I've done at this point, I am saying, okay, I can't stop drinking on my own. If you leave it up to me, I'm a drink. You know, I've 
I haven't said in 30 years, I'm never going to drink again. I haven't said I'm not going to drink again because I fully understand the illness of alcoholism. I know that if you leave it up to me, gone untreated, I will drink again. That's an entirely different attitude of alcoholism than the problem drinker or the person that believes that alcohol is the problem or I came in believing that all I have to do is stop drinking and my life will get better. Up until this point, what I'm discovering is that I have an illness that nothing else can conquer. No human power can conquer it. My efforts can't conquer it. The love of family and friends haven't been able to conquer it. I have nothing else on the list other than willing to listen to what you guys have done. And what you have done is you said you've tapped into this source of power. Now, here's where the issues come up. The moment I start hearing a source of power, somehow I equate it to religion, what I think about God, uh, my issues with religion and God. I like in the story of when Ebby came to visit Bill, a couple things stand out to me in that story. It was what he thought was going to happen when Ebby came over. He was excited that maybe the good old days would come back. But he opens up the door and he sees something different in Ebby. They sit at the table and Ebby begins to share with him that he found, as Bill heard, God, religion. And what's interesting about that is that Bill says his mind closed shut. He didn't want to get into this whole religion thing. And he had more booze to drink. But in actuality, as the story goes on, Bill didn't completely close his mind. He began to examine his issues, prejudices, biasness, struggles with the concept of God. Because the, rem the remainder of that story talks about that. Enough for him to then yell out in the hospital, if there is a God, show yourself to me. And I say that because that's my experience with this step. I saw something in you that I couldn't otherwise define. I identified with alcoholism as being something that there's nothing in my own power that I can do. I also came into Alcoholics Anonymous as a result of examining my relationship with alcohol, discovered that alcohol was my higher power. And then I had my complete and other reliance on it. Up until this point of chapter to the agnostics, I had been under some illusion or delusional to think that I had been in charge. But after further investigation, as a result of examining the dynamics of my relationship, whether it's the jaywalker, whether it's what the doctor said, what I found out is that in actuality, I had never run the show. I was only given the impression that I was in charge, but I had never taken a look, honest look of how in charge I was really. And what I also discovered in examining my relationship with alcohol was that alcohol was my higher power and there was nothing else greater than that higher power. Nothing and no one could ever supersede it. Nothing and no one could ever conquer it, not even myself.
I had lost the will to care. I had lost the will of choice. And I was always conceding, bowing down to, negotiating with, losing that negotiation, and turning around and doing it again. So ultimately, I need a power. And I got to find a power that's greater than it. Because what I know up until this point, that has been the biggest power that I've ever had in my life from the moment of conception and coming into this world. Is that a hard pill to swallow? Absolutely. Do I want to concede to that? Probably not. But is it the truth? Yes, it is. Where am I to find this power? What are we going to do now? Because here is where the, the breaks come in. Oh, now y'all going to get me all caught up with this God thing? Is that what we're doing now? Perhaps I was trying to evade that my whole life. Or perhaps I had a relationship with God. But I wonder where God was in the midst of all the insanity of my life in its entirety. How many times I may have prayed out and say, help me, and help never showed up. And I begin to start bringing in, when I get to this step, all of my biasness, my prejudices, my challenges, as well as my deep infinity and desire for the hope and the faith of a power. And the entire chapter to the agnostics begins to ask me multiple questions. And what it invites me to do is to start dismantling these ideas that I've been having. And why is it doing that? It's doing that because it is making it significantly, poignantly, abundantly clear that I'm going to have to find something greater. That paragraph says the only thing that's going to help my illness, if I be alcoholic, is something spiritual. And as I start going through these series of things to examine and question, what I ultimately find out, and I was just with a sponsee the other day going through step two, I find out that the issue here, believe it or not, in step two, is that it's not about religion, it's not about defining God, it's not about a concept of God, it's not about what I think about God, it's not even about saying there isn't or there is. Really what I discover in two is that I'm not God. I had been thinking that I was, whether it was looking at people with scants of religion and criticism and judgment of the preacher preaching, but having contradicted behavior, uh, looking at the abuse that I grew up with in my family and how they were spiritualists and priests, but yet their behavior didn't match the doctrine in which they said they were living by. I began, if I go back and reflect, and to me, the chapter to agnostics invites me to reflect on this because it's going to show me my insanity. And the insanity is this, is that somehow I began with my selfish and self-centeredness, judging, critiquing people, places, things, situations, not according to the way I think they should have been, 
And subconsciously or consciously, I decided, I decided that I was in charge. And because I'm in charge, I'm now the orchestrator of my life, including drinking. I am going to turn to this substance in order to manage, to deal, to handle. I'm going to hold people hostage or let them hold me hostage. I'm going to start doing things, orchestrating how I am going to seek joy and happiness, whether I even denounce the idea of God, whether I continue seeking multiple gods and multiple venues and churches. But each time my conclusion is based on what I think and what I believe, based on my standards, based on my rules, my laws. I don't know if anybody that walks away from step two that way, but that's the way I come to walk away from it. It is an ego deflating step. It starts telling me, I know you think you have been in charge, even sometimes thinking that you were a religious person, even believing that you were a churchgoer, because we have multiple people that come in the rooms. I remember when I first came, I said to myself, why do I need to read chapter to the agnostic? I'm not an agnostic. And actually, it's harder for someone like myself with a religious background to go into this new relationship with God because I have preconceived ideas of what that is. I think it's easier sometimes, perhaps, for the atheist or the agnostic because they have a blank slate. And so you invite me to go into this step with an open mind. Let's just put everything that I know on the shelf. Why don't I try doing that for a minute? And let me just start taking a look here. And why am I doing that, really? That paragraph tells me why. If you be alcoholic, I'm in trouble now than I've ever been before. I cannot stay sober without something else other than me. I've tried. And so the first thing I'm going to have to do, is what this chapter tells me, is I need to start examining my prejudices my criticisms, my judgments, my old ideas. I have to start inviting new ideas. Who am I to say there isn't one? God either is or he isn't. If I say God is everything, then that means even in the darkest places. That even means in the abuse. How contradictive am I? In the things that I say. They talk about electricity. Why is it that I'm willing to believe in things that I don't fully understand? But something like this, I'm rejecting the idea. What is that really all about, Teresa? That's how I feel is talking to me. What is that really all about? I hear people come in the rooms and say, I have an issue with the God thing. Do you really? I have an issue with trust. Do you really? I have an issue with faith. Really? Well, I find that fascinating. I don't know about you, but I had trust. I had trust in the bartender, the dope dealer. I had trust in uh, my friend called Hennessy, Cavassier, uh, 151, Rum. I had trust. I had faith that those things were going to work. 
I met people that introduced me to a new drink or extracurriculum activity, and I did not go home and ponder and contemplate whether I need to study further about that new drink on the shelf before I tried it. Is that gullible? Was I vulnerable? No, I was driven by what I thought was important and what I thought was gonna work for me. And so what I discovered is that I picked and choose what I wanted to have faith and trust in. I decided that. And I put my energy and my efforts in that until I was done with that. And then I decided where else I wanted to exert my energy. No. So I do know how to no, have my mother has told me that some guy you know, who some guy was there, he kept pushing him down. I hate I know you have. So I know how to have trust. I know how to have faith. I know how to have dependence. I know how to have reliance. I've been lying to myself for a reason. The reason why I can come to this step and say I have an issue in that area is because what I learned in my alcoholism, that my mind will convince me to have an issue with the very thing that's going to give me salvation. My mind, my alcoholic mind, will gather enough evidence to prove that I need to move forward so I can go back to doing what I know how to do, and that's to drink. And I'm glad that I come into this chapter and into step two fully conceding to my innermost self that I'm an alcoholic. Because I believe that if I don't, I will use every judgment, every criticism, every argument, every debate to keep me from tapping into this spiritual experience that I need to conquer in order to recover. That's how I've understood it. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. What begins to change through the years is how that becomes relatable in my daily life. That my alcoholism that is centered in my thinking will continue to plot and plan and deceive to push me further away from the idea of a power greater than me. It will try to coerce itself, disguise itself, to give me the impression that I've surrendered, but I really haven't. And so step two says, came to believe. And it's an interesting term, came. What does that mean, I came? That means, to me, there is a process of an action when I'm caning, when I'm coming. I have to be open to experiencing something different. I begin to also look at each and every one of you. I begin to see what perhaps I don't see in me. I begin to notice that you don't have as much strength as I have either, but yet you're living differently. And you tell me that you drank like me, you felt like me, but you've tapped into this thing and you're not doing it anymore. The first action that I took of following the direction of your actions, of your actions that gave you the results, was that you said to get on my knees and pray for the obsession to be removed. Nobody asked me, before you do that, Teresa, I need you to have a conception, a clear conception of God. 
Nobody said, I need you to go home and figure out who God is before you get on your knees and pray for the obsession to be removed. All you said was, get on your knees and pray for the obsession to be removed. And you know what I did? This is the gift of desperation. This is what desperation does for a drunk like me. I got on my knees and I did it. Wasn't sure who I was praying to. You know what I'm saying? Didn't have it defined. If anything, I was praying to the one that removed it from you. And you know what happened? It was removed. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a trip. I was like, I was like the experiment worked, right? <laughs> it was actually removed. So I was excited to build more of this relationship with this power. Now, it's interesting that a lot of people talk about step two, that the struggle into is the insanity part thinking that they're not insane. Well, if I'm ever working with someone and as my sponsor worked with me, if someone says, I don't see the insanity and why I need to be restored to sanity, then we need to go back to step one because step one gave me a lot of examples of insanity. So there's no reason why I would be on step two questioning whether I'm insane or not. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, are you serious? I've got tons of evidence that showed the insanity. And overall, what's the insanity? That I think I've been running the show. That I think I've been charged. That I can manage and control not only my drinking, but my entire life. And what's even far more insane is that even though I've been under this delusion that I can manage and control my drinking, that I can manage and control my life, you know what's really insane about all of it? is I have no evidence to support the success of that. But I've been telling myself I'm running something with no success. I don't know about you, but if you ever worked for a company or had a company, and if you kept telling yourself that this company is going to prosper, but you keep being in, you know what I mean? Failing, nobody's coming, you're not making any money. After a while, I need to say, this ain't working. And that's what I did with my life. I was bankrupt. I'm done. Step two is I, I believe. When it's all said and done, with all the questions that it brings to me in chapter to the agnostics, this is what it asks me. It says, am I now willing to believe that I'm not the power? It said, lack of power is my dilemma. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Is it just in drinking? It's in every area of my life. I got evidence to prove it. Is that we had to find a power which could we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Is that what we're doing here? I thought I just came here to stop drinking. Step two is like, I really have to believe that I'm not the power. You're not the power. I need something greater than me. I need something greater than alcohol. And alcohol has a lot of power. It's like going in the ring with Mike Tyson. It's like going in the ring with, you know, I don't know, name, I'm not into sports or whatever, but you know what I mean? Whatever. Going into the 
going into this game with these people who are far more stronger, smarter, better than I am. And each time I get knocked down, I go to the corner and I'm telling myself that I can go back in the ring and fight this battle. But I get beat up every single time. And I might have some victories, but I'm beat up every single time. This is an invitation to stop lying to myself. This is an invitation for me, step two is an invitation to let go of anything and everything that would try to convince me that I don't need to find this power. That's my experience with this step. To let go of whatever idea I even have about God. Who God is, what God is, what God does, what God doesn't do, what's wrong, what's right. Criticism, judgment. Let it go, Teresa. Come up with your own conception if you have to, but you know what? You need to let it go because if you keep holding on to that, you won't find the power that we found here that restores drunks, that restores lives. And the remainder of this journey is about cultivating this relationship with this newfound power. And I come from religion. Aside from I've been to Catholic, I went to Catholic school for 11 and a half years. I've been a spiritualist since I was five. I was sitting at the age of five between, in front of a glass of water and a candle and a white table and a stranger giving them consultation and readings about things I shouldn't know and healing people who were sick. They were lines would come to see me and they would have illnesses and I would talk to them, touch them, heal them, and they would go home. And I knew that my happy place was with a glass of water and a candle. I knew that there was something else there that I trusted in and I believed in and I tapped into but as a result of all these other things that were going on in my life, I began to remove further and further and further away from that. And somehow you guys knew how to take me not only back to that place, but beyond. At least the fundamental idea that lived inside of me of that power. Just like the time that Bill began to reminisce when was that time that I believed that God was? That's what step two invites me to do. What changed? Who created the universe and the planet? Did I ever wonder that? I remember telling at one moment, I told my sponsor, I was like, I think I am the higher power. And she said, okay, go outside. It's day, make it night. That's a good exercise if you confuse. I tell you it was scary as I tried. You know what I'm saying? It was like if I convinced this woman <laughs> that I got the power <laughs> to change from day to night, she'll leave me alone. <laughs> I wasn't successful. So at least I can start there. Am I now willing to believe? Is it possible for me to come to believe? Is I like I said. This is the great news, man. The great news that I have here is that the great news to us, for, the great news to us,
for we had assumed we could not make use of spiritual principles unless we accepted many things on faith which seemed difficult to believe. When people presented us with spiritual approaches, how frequently did we all say, I wish I had what that man has. I'm sure it would work if I could only believe as he believes. But I cannot accept that surely true the many articles of faith which are so plain to him. So it was comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. I don't need to figure it all out. I don't need to figure it out. The only thing I need to do is to just Welcome back. <laughs> Reintroducing Teresa F. from Los Angeles. Take it away. I don't even know what I was talking about. Now we got to talk about something else. No. <laughs> Mommy's cracking up. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Don't you just love it? Okay. So I don't know where I left off, but uh, here we go. So I know that I was saying that ultimately for me, this step, is an invitation really to let go of all things, including my spiritual practice, including how much I think I understand and believe there is a God. And when it says my own conception, I can do with it as I want to, whether is my conception could be whatever this higher power is that these people have in this room. These group of drunks have tapped into something. Why don't I just work with that? Or just like Bill, if there is a God, show yourself to me. Really what it's asking me to do is to stop fighting the idea that there's something else greater than me. That's really all it's asking me to do in step two. To stop the debate society. To stop arguing and, and thinking that I need to spend time to get it right or figure it out and, and decipher all of it. The only thing I need to decipher is that I'm a drunk. And left up to my own devices, I will drink. And without help, I'm in trouble. And all I need to do now is make a decision. Make a decision to turn my will and my life over to that power. The insanity that I just witnessed is beyond even comprehension. I can't wrap my head around the insanity of my actions. And what made them insane was that I thought they were sane. That's scary to me. And then I'm willing to just go on this journey. I've discovered many things throughout the year of my understanding of this power and how it works in my life. But there's one thing to me that has always remained true is that I'm not the power. That I suffer from alcoholism. I hear people after being sober a while, they say things like I'm powerless over people, places, and things. My literature doesn't tell me that. My literature doesn't say to me that once I've been sober and you know, the drinking has been removed and I'm in a place of neutrality and I recoil from it like a hot flame that now my dilemma moving forward is to start tackling life problems. What it tells me is that I live with alcoholism and that I have a daily reprieve that it has to be treated each and every day. And if I treat my alcoholism with this spiritual remedy, then I can tackle life itself. 
I'm powerless over my alcoholism. And so I have to find a power that's greater. And I just need to believe that there is one and it ain't me. It really is that simple. I can, I can get real technical about this and break it down and break up the pieces about it. And, and you know, and it's interesting in the big book, it, it tells me a lot about defining a higher power of my own understanding. But in a way, it invites me with adjectives of this power. It's a power that's greater than me. They use words like all power, guiding, creative intelligence, my director, my employer, infinite. They actually start helping me to define this power that is not me. And I have found that when I continue to do that and let go of even prejudices that I may have today about it, somehow my life ends up being okay. Even in the midst of the things I don't like about situations in my life, it's okay. I just got to treat my alcoholism by the spiritual remedy. And it begins by knowing that I am an alcoholic and that I within myself am nothing. And I get right sides. It's an ego deflating process. I've been in a lot of situations in 30 years. The closest I can come to of the powerlessness of my alcoholism is watching someone that I love die. Watching them take their last breath. Powerlessness. Other areas of my life, I could be under the delusion that I have some power, whether it's getting a career or my education or my family or people that I love. I can be under some delusion that somehow if I say the right thing or do the right thing or take the right kind of action, I'll have some power and achieve something. But the ultimateness of powerlessness next to the powerlessness of my alcoholism is illness and dying. When someone has an illness and I can't love you enough to get rid of that illness. I compare that to alcoholism. When you're laying on your dying bed, I can't love you enough to resurrect you, to have you walk out of that bed again. I need to believe that there is a power greater than me because I have full evidence in this moment that I do not have the power to resurrect you. And I'm going to need another power greater than me to walk through this experience. When my body is riddled with pain, I suffer from illnesses like fibromyalgia, physical illnesses, mental illnesses. I need to know that I'm an alcoholic because my alcoholism will take those situations and turn them into things to make me believe that I can do or stay or have or create and I can't. For things to go my way. My alcoholism does that. So I need to treat my alcoholism. And I need to believe that there is a power greater than me that's going to help with all of this. I always say that. I'd be like, you know what? I can't figure none of this stuff out. And I don't need to figure it out. All I need to know is that I'm not the power. And if I get confused about that, I'm going to turn to the bottle thinking that that's the power. 
I don't know nothing about all that. I don't know about sometimes whether you're going to live or you're going to die, where I'm going to work, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to pay for stuff. I don't need to figure that out. What I need to know is that I'm an alcoholic and I need to believe that there is a power greater than me that can conquer all things, that will treat my alcoholism, that will keep me sober today. And my next course of action is to solidify the relationship with this power, this new power that I found here. That's the next course of action. I need to believe that, not debate that, not struggle with that. I need to be clear about that. Am I now ready to say that I'm not the power? Yes, perfect, let's go. And through the years, my understanding has changed how I've watched this power unfold itself through its grace in my life and the life around others. More and more, I keep saying I can't take credit for it. All I had was the willingness, open-mindedness, and honesty. And I've watched this power do what this power does. Restore drunks back to their homes, their jobs, their families, their communities. Hmm. In the recent years, I've looked at the idea of this power as being so magnificent and omnipotent than ever before in a way that's changed for me because what I notice is that this power I found here needs my permission where every other power that I had invested my soul to never asked my permission. It just took it, gambled with it, negotiated with it, manipulated it. This power needs me to just decide that it is. That's all it asks, is my willingness in that decision. This power is not a puppeteer. So many other powers were, I was the puppet and it pulled the strings. This power to me is like electricity. I get the Department of Water and Power and I sign up and I have power in my house. Now I've been to third world countries and that's a different story. I've been around people who believe in the phenomena of things moving around in their house uh, and not understanding how and why. But under normal circumstances, I just need to believe that there's a thing called electricity and that there's a source of power that is greater than me because there's nothing I can do to illuminate any light in my home when it's dark. And I have this source of power that is surging throughout my entire building in my home. And I have access to that power at any given moment, any given time. And I can plug in my appliances or my devices to this power. Now this power doesn't tell me what I'm gonna do and how I'm gonna do it. It just has, I just have access to it. And I just believe and know that it's there and it exists. This power doesn't say I'm gonna turn on this lamp and you're gonna read right now. It doesn't say now you're gonna eat because I'm gonna turn on the light in the refrigerator and you can reach to something or you can now use the stove because I'm only gonna give you source to the stove. It provides everything I need because the source of power is here. I just need to know that it is. 
and that I can't generate this level of power. And once that I know that it is, that something happens, it opens up all possibilities of what I can do in this home. I now get to see people that I didn't see before because now it's illuminated and I have light. I can nourish my body, I can feed my mind, I can communicate with others. It doesn't rob me of dreams and hopes and possibilities. As a matter of fact, it provides them to me. It opens up dreams and possibilities in ways I would have never seen before. That is what step two has done for me. had introduced to me this journey of having a conscious contact with this power, different than any other power I had ever thought about, created, believed in, relied upon, trusted. And it unfolds each and every time I change, each and every time I shed and let go of ego self, this power gets greater, stronger, hmm. and it just loves me as it loves you. So if you're new, I just encourage you to be willing, to be willing to be willing to not get caught up in what comes first, the chicken or the egg, that the gift of desperation just allows you to go, you know what, uncle, I don't know what it all is all about, but I'm willing to find out. Let's go ahead and make a decision. That's my invitation to you if you be new, because this is an experience I hope you will not miss. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to share and there you go. Apologize for the things shutting down, but things are what they are. Thank you. <laughs>